the menstrual phase of the cycle, which is the time that you're bleeding. So that during that time, your brain, interestingly enough, is actually the most cross-wired between the left and right hemispheres. Hey, Dr. Mindy here, and welcome to season four of the Resetter podcast. Have I got a lineup for you this season. Lots of deep thinkers, lot of brilliant minds, all with one focus, to move the needle forward on your mental and physical health. So please know that this podcast is all about empowering you to believe in yourself again. And I want you believing in your body. I want you believing in your mind. I want you believing in your spirit. If you have a passion for learning, if you're looking to be in control of your health and take your power back, this is the podcast for you. Enjoy. On this episode of the Resetter Podcast, I bring you Kate Northrup. Now, I want to tell you a couple of things about her. So for starters, she is an author and she has an incredible book called Do Less. And I think this there's so much just in that title alone that applies to what you're about to hear in this conversation. Um, but I've been following Kate for several years now because she has some really interesting ideas on teaching women financial health, on helping entrepreneurs learn how to kill it in business without killing their, their health. So her work has really been profound in my understanding of how a woman should approach business. And so I wanted to bring her on. I initially wanted to bring her on to talk about finances, but what you're going to hear in this conversation is we talked about everything you can time to a woman's menstrual cycle. So I recently saw a post of hers where she actually times color codes her work calendar, her life calendar to her menstrual cycle. Okay, this is my dream for all women, is that we get to know ourselves so deeply that we can time everything to the menstrual cycle and feel good about it. This is not an opportunity for us to say we're weak. It's an opportunity for us to honor the differences in our sex hormones. So in this conversation, you are going to hear Kate walk through day one, all the way to bleed, what she does with work productivity. And those of you that have read Fast Like a Girl, this this podcast should be the companion to that book because she took the fasting cycle and she timed it to work productivity. So you're going to learn about when you start bleeding. What what are the what are the superpowers that you have at that moment? When you move into ovulation, what kind of work productivity and flow can you do and what should you feel the week before your period? We also went into relationships and how when you should handle conflict and when what you should tell those around you. We went into exercise, we even at the end went into our financial habits and how they time to the menstrual cycle. So I can't tell you enough, and you will hear this throughout this conversation, how deeply I wanted to have the nuance of our menstrual cycle um, applied to all aspects of our life. And I wanted to have that conversation with somebody who was actually doing it. And Kate is that woman. In fact, I went to her Instagram and go follow her on Instagram because I love what she calls herself on Instagram. She says she's an author, which she is, but she says, I help ambitious women light up the world without burning themselves out. And when you listen to this conversation, you will find so many nuggets of, of compassion, hopefully that you will have for yourself and a deeper level of understanding on how we should build a lifestyle around our hormones. And I do want to finish up on this before I head it on over to the episode. And I want to speak to my menopausal women. You will hear me put in my perspective of how we look at our workflow when we can't really find the rhythm with our cycle. Like what if it's going 60 days? What if it's going 120 days? What if we don't have a cycle? So she talks a lot about the lunar cycle and how we can start to match our hormones to our lunar cycle. And we start the conversation off with that discussion. And then we go into talking a lot about 
when we bleed and when we ovulate, but you will hear Kate bring in multiple times that we can look at our at fertility not always as producing a baby. Sometimes it's producing an idea or launching something into the world. The impact of this conversation on women's health is beyond anything I could ever put to words. So from the bottom of my heart, please enjoy. And if you love it, please share it out into the world. This is a conversation that has been I've been wanting to have so that you all can hormonally thrive. Enjoy. Okay, where are all my wine drinkers? I know that so many of us turn to a glass of wine at night for relaxation. And hopefully you all know that I do adore wine, especially clean wine. However, there are times when not only do I not feel like drinking wine, but I also want to mind my hormonal profile, and yet I still crave that relaxing feeling. So that's where I have fallen in love with Organifi's gold product, and it has come in handy for me to provide that parasympathetic lift. And remember, the parasympathetic is your rest and relax, relaxation nervous system. So here's what I do. I heat up a tea kettle. I pour some gold into the bottom of my cup. Usually it's my favorite cup. I add a little hot water and a splash of milk so that it's warm and soothing and it gives me everything I need to wind down from the day. And what's really cool is that not only is it delicious, incredibly delicious, but gold also contains key mushrooms that stimulate the parasympathetic nervous system and it's packed with probiotic and prebiotic fibers to fuel our microbiomes. So when you have a healthy microbiome, what your body is capable of doing is producing neurotransmitters that calm our brain, that relax our nervous system, and let us move into those hours in which we are preparing for sleep. Now, I know we all live busy lives and we may be overpowered by our sympathetic nervous system, so it's super essential that we have tools like gold to embrace our parasympathetic nervous system. So I encourage you to give gold a try at the end of your day, and as always, please let me know how it works for you. You can get gold for yourself at Organifi.com forward slash Pels and get 20% off your purchase And just so we're all clear, Organifi, how you spell that is O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com. And that is forward slash Pels, P-E-L-Z, to get 20% off. So let's all commit to skipping the glass of wine and try something new like gold. Enjoy. Okay, so let me start off by welcoming you to the Resetter Podcast, Kate. So happy that you're here. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. So one of the interesting things about the fact that we are doing this today is that I've been out talking to the world about cycling food and fasting to a woman's menstrual cycle. And in that conversation has come the question of, well, what else can we cycle to a woman's menstrual cycle? And I've been talking about, well, why aren't we cycling a woman's productivity? Why are we not giving women an understanding of when their brains are going to be working the best and when they need to rest? And we can start to cycle a woman's whole work calendar around that. And then this morning, I went to look at your Instagram and you have done that. So please start off with the question of why are you cycling your work calendar to your menstrual cycle? I love this. And I'm just so excited to be talking to somebody who gets cycles on such a deep level, possibly more deeply than I do, which is so exciting. Um, So I love to nerd out on all the things. So the reason that I organize my work cycle, my workflow and my calendar according to my menstrual cycle is the very same reason that one would organize their food and their fasting according to their menstrual cycle. And that has to do with our hormones. Our hormones affect, of course, our digestion, our, you know, all of the, our fat burning, our energy systems, all the things. They also impact our brain and our attention, our attention and our focus. And I will, I am on day two of my cycle. I was just going to say, least articulate 
face. <laughs> so just so you know, words are going to be tricky, but I'm going to, I'm going to pull it through. And so when we can organize ourselves or at least, so here's what's really important. I'm, I'm getting already to the objections that I hear. One of the objections I hear frequently, and this is a living, breathing example right now is, well, I can't just like, you know, podcasts are scheduled months in advance or, you know, this speaking gig or this pitch at my work or whatever, what have you has been scheduled. I can't just like not show up because I have my period or because, you know, this or that. And the other thing, you can just like reorganize your calendar, right? Obviously that is true. So what I recommend is not only doing our best to organize our tasks according to what we're primarily hormonally primed to do, but also organize the way we approach our work. Mm -hmm. So it's not necessarily what we're doing, though, yes, of course, if we can get that organized, great, and we can talk about that. But actually, the thing we always have control over is how we're approaching that given week um, based on what's going on with our hormones. Or if you're in perimenopause or you're postmenopausal or you're pregnant or you're nursing or you don't have a menstrual cycle for whatever reason, or if you're on hormonal birth control, then which is a whole other conversation, but yes, it is. <laughs> then, which we could talk about, but um, then you want to just use the lunar cycle because that's super consistent and very regular and far easier to track, quite frankly. <laughs> I've had so many of the perimenopausal women and menopausal women ask me like with fast like a girl, they're like, well, how do I time this? And I always go to the lunar cycle as well. And um, what's really interesting on that subject is, and I'm curious your opinion on this, is that I think because we have so much blue light and so much synthetic light, we're all out of sync with our menstrual cycle lining up with the lunar cycle. But if we took all that away, we probably all would cycle according to the moon with the day one being a new moon and ovulation being the full moon. Would you, would For the you most part, I think that's true. It was actually funny in college. I spent a semester um, at sea as part of the crew of a schooner where we had very little artificial light and we were out at sea for like two weeks at a time without mm-hmm. seeing land. And we didn't really have lights. And anyway, uh, there was one woman who was the youngest of the crew. She was 16 And she had always cycled with the new moon and all of the women on the boat started to cycle with her, um, which was really cool. The only thing to say on that, though, is that actually there was always at least a couple women cycling on the full moon when the rest of the women were cycling on the new moon so that we could be organized with division of labor. And there were people to take care of the ladies who were bleeding and then other people who could take care of the other ladies who were bleeding. So um, anyway, it, that's a fascinating topic. Wow. That, I, that's a, I'm bringing you back just to talk about that because, you know, one of the things that I've been really emphasizing on all the podcasts I've been on is how important connection is for women. Um, and we can say that, oh, yeah, of course, we see women connect with each other. But what we don't realize is that in that connection, um, we're actually hormonally changing ourselves. Yes. And and that is what's so profound. So so let's do this. I'm going to actually kind of do a what everybody does to me with food and fasting. So walk me through uh, the, the menstrual cycle and explain our productivity level based off our hormones. And oh my God, I'm just going to sit back with a ton of dopamine rushing through me right now as you explain. I, I love that. And please, you know, insert any extra scientific data because you are the doctor. Um, okay. So the first, well, you know, it's a cycle, so I hesitate to always to say first. But anyway, we'll start with the menstrual phase of the cycle, which is the time that you're bleeding. So the, during that time, your brain, interestingly enough, is actually the most cross-wired between the left and right hemispheres. So this is mm. the time when we feel the most inward, mm. we feel the least kind of out there social, at least for days one or two, day one would be the day that you start bleeding. Day one, two, some of us start to kind of emerge on day three. I always feel like a massive energy shift Mm -hmm. on day three. But this is the time when we're the most intuitive and we are the most in touch with what's inside us. It's the time to look within. Mm -hmm. And it's also a really good time to make decisions 
because of that cross pollination between the left and right hemispheres, we actually have access to a deeper level of wisdom than we have during the rest of the month. So I really recommend that if you have something you've been struggling with, if you have something you've been deliberating on to really bring it into the menstrual phase of your cycle, and you'll often get clarity on it very quickly, even if you've been just obsessing about it for days. Uh, So profound. And something that I've thought a lot about with that transitional time. And I, and I, when I go back and I look at what I wrote in Fast Like a Girl, there's a part of me that wishes I could have put more about the transition in and out of the different moments where our hormones are up and down. Because, uh, you know, as we get all the way through the cycle, something I've been thinking about is that when we are right before we bleed, is also a really interesting intuitive time. And we don't look at our menstrual cycle as a shedding of everything from toxins to thoughts to old patterns. There's so much if we got in touch with the, the what the symbolism of the bleed actually means that we could use every month as an opportunity to keep improving all aspects of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so my question on what you just said is, as we're shedding the old, are we, because of the cross-pollination, are we also more receptive to the new when you say it's the most intuitive Mm. time? Okay, so here's what kind of screws with my brain. I'll just be honest. And I've been studying this stuff in some ways, you know, since I could read, but but seriously, you know, focused on it uh, for about, oh my gosh, seven years. And so here's where it gets a little, when we talk about the lunar cycle, the new moon is a time of planting seeds and putting out your desires and setting intentions. The full moon is the time of release and letting go of anything that's standing in the way of you and, and, and the completion or the fruition of those seeds you planted. The menstrual cycle, even though the new moon is aligned with the, the phase of bleeding and the menstrual phase actually physiologically, like we are having an experience of shedding during the menstrual cycle. It is a time of release. And then at ovulation, we are the most fertile, literally and energetically. And so we are actually the most open to um, new information, new people, new opportunities. And so I find it like there's sort of two different things going on at the same time, which is a great reminder, and I don't know if this aligns with what you teach, but I always tell women, like all of this stuff matters and tracking matters. And also like put away your protractor because sometimes we can get so obsessed with like doing our cycle right. And if I'm not doing it right, then I've completely failed, which is a complete trauma response, right? All or nothing thinking is a trauma response. Perfectionism is a trauma response. And so it's just interesting to think about, yes, physiologically, it is obviously a time of shedding. And then within a couple of days of your period starting, we are ramping up into that follicular energy. And of course, the follicular phase technically starts at the same time as your menstrual phase, which also I find confusing. But anyway, (laughs) that follicular energy of the first half of your cycle is new beginning energy for sure. And it kind of climaxes at ovulation, which is like Mm -hmm. when the egg is ready. But at that same time, if you think about your cycle, metaphorically speaking, right, there's the time of shedding and release. It can also be a time of grieving. You know, certainly if Mm -hmm. you're somebody who is trying to get pregnant, getting your period may be a time of grieving, but also just that feeling of like, what projects, what initiatives, what things in my life are not going to be coming to fruition this particular cycle. There's going to be more cycles, but what can I let go of? And then around the time, so then there's that week in between, you stop bleeding, then there's the week in between where you are in that follicular new beginning phase, you know, kind of days like six through 10, 11, 12. Um, And that is the time uh, where you're the most primed energetically to start new stuff. Yeah. So it's like, you know, let me try a new workout. Let me initiate a new project, especially if you're somebody who has trouble getting going on things. Yeah. That's the week to really lean in. Like if you're a procrastinator, that's the week to start your, to, to get going on your book proposal to, you know, whatever it is that you want to get, do, get going. Maybe, um, 
And then ovulation is kind of like the two, three days before and after you actually have the moment of ovulation, which is a moment in time. That's the time that you're just like the juiciest, the most fertile, the most verbally fluent, the most attractive, literally and energetically. It's a great time to socialize. It's a great time to send outreach. It's a great time. When I'm in ovulation, I always like notice who I feel called to reach out to. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't even have to be a formal pitch, but people will just pop into my mind. So I'll send them a DM. I'll shoot them a text. I'll just like reconnect because I always trust that. And then luteal, I think, is our most probably, well, they're all powerful, but luteal is probably our most misunderstood phase Mm -hmm. from a hormonal, mental, emotional perspective. Luteal is like the 10 to 14 days before you start your period. That is, as you talk about, a nurturing time. And it is also the time when our negativity filter is the uh, strongest, meaning we just you know, life will just be pokey. We don't have the hormonal fluff. Of- <laughs> oh, I love that. I love hormones good too. Right? We don't have the hormonal cushion to soften the edges. And so it's great information because what we are noticing during our luteal phase, what bugs you during that time, what feels like it's not working is great information. And, and I always like to say we can trust our feelings at that time. We just can't necessarily trust the volume of them. Mm -hmm. So it might feel like the linen cabinet being disorganized is a massive problem. It's probably not going to ruin your life, but but you may notice like, oh, actually uh, that's good information for me. Now I know that as I head into the next cycle, putting attention on the organization and systemization and beauty in my home is actually going to be a priority for me because whatever's bugging you in luteal is a really good thing to put on the to-do list for your next cycle. Oh my God. That that was brilliant. You have, I have so many things I want to say on this. So what we could do is when our cycle starts, those first couple of days, we could ask ourselves, what am I, what do I need to let go of? What no longer serves me? So if I had a job, if I had a relationship, if I had a habit, really, if I want to let go of it in the, in, in congruence with my hormone and my energy, those first three days would be the time, just like the shedding of the blood. Correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now you'll probably know what it is because it was just bugging you really badly in the few days before you started your period. Okay, great. So let's go back to that week before. So when that week before everything is agitating you, I think what I've really, and I agree with you, this is the most misunderstood part of the cycle. And, you know, people around us don't understand us. We don't understand ourselves. But whatever's like biting at you, poking at you, I love that, poking at you and agitating you is information. And if we can listen to that, then we start to bleed. Now we can let go of whatever that is. And it might be like, you know, I do want to point out if it's your husband, it's not like, okay, husband's got to go. Maybe it's it's the thought pattern around your husband. that, Or or a way of communication Mm -hmm. that's not working for you. Or it could be a habit around your marriage that's not working for you. So yeah, it's, it's, Definitely like, yeah, I mean, my children irritate me during that time, but I'm not like getting rid of my children, right? I'm (laughs) thinking about, okay, are there patterns around parenting? Are there parts of our schedule that aren't working for us? Are there, you know, those sorts of things. And so the menstrual time is a beautiful time of release, but then very quickly, it's a beautiful time of new beginnings. Mm. And it's a wonderful, like the menstrual cycle gives us this little capsule every single month that's an opportunity to be reborn and an opportunity to tend to our life. It's like an entire year in 28-ish days that we just get to over and over again, have this opportunity to begin anew. And it's such an incredible gift. And by the way, you don't have to have a menstrual cycle for that to be true because the lunar cycle does the same thing. So everyone gets to play. 
Yeah. You know, it's interesting though, I was sitting this, how I even got into like the nuance of fasting and, and eating for your cycle was I was sitting on a panel with a bunch of fasting experts. This was like five years ago. They were all men and they were talking about how you have to cycle like a weekly cycle. You know, you got to go in out of feast, famine, cycling. And it hit me in that moment, like, oh my gosh, we are so blessed we have culturally looked at our menstrual cycle as this like negative and we bitch and we moan about it. But when I, in that moment, it was like a lightning bolt hit my head. And I was like, all women have to do is think about timing food and fasting to a cycle they've already been given. They don't have to come up with, a, with another cycle like men do. And you're right. They could go do the lo lunar cycle for the men. But what I, I don't want women to lose is the gift. Oh my Let God. Stop bitching about it. It's a gift. It's such a gift. And the same thing applies. So whether it's your fasting and food or whether it's your productivity, I had a very similar moment in 2016 where it was, I was like, wait a second, my body is doing this thing anyway. And it's like the greatest time management system of all time. Why would I, if this is good enough for the earth to follow, to create all life, perhaps it might be good enough for me and my business. Right. Right. So, okay. So, and, and I want to get into the business aspect of it too. Um, but so just want to make sure everybody heard that check in with yourself the days leading up that like week before your cycle, what's agitating you, what habits need to let go first three days, you have that opportunity as you're shedding to let that go. And then we move into what do we want to bring into our lives? Yes. Exactly. And on the first day of my cycle, I always sit with a journal and um, some some oracle cards. Oh my God, I wanted to call them ovulation cards. Wow. <laughs> they, they could be. They, they could, could be, be, but they're not. Maybe I'll create a deck of ovulation Yeah, I was just going to say. Today it's called an oracle deck. <laughs> and I sit with a deck and I pull a card that's going to be the theme. I just say, what's the theme? What's like the energetic theme of this cycle? And so I pull a card for that. And then I just do some journaling. Like I get, I call it my menstrual download. And I just get, you know, what do I need to let go of? What do I need to be putting my attention on this cycle? And then yes, what seeds am I planting? And those seeds, I'm not going to really do anything for a couple of days because the menstrual phase is really a time of rest yeah. and reflection. It's not like a super doing phase. Um, at least not for the first couple of days. I get a lot of doing energy on day three, but each woman really needs to pay attention to her own experience yes. so that she knows what is happening with her. I can't yes. tell you what each day is going to feel like. I think that's where this gets confusing is we want to look for an absolute, but when you're dealing with the feminine body, the female body, there are no absolutes. No. So, and the, the cycle, we can give sort of big pictures, but we, then we have to get into what works for you. So I, I'm super happy you said that. And Kate, I'm going to task you with doing a journal and oracle cards. That is not on my book writing list, but I, I'm hoping it's on yours. <laughs> I do have, I did create a do less planner actually. It's right here. So, so it kind of systematizes the whole thing oh. around your cycle and planning your productivity. Um, but I don't have a deck yet. So perhaps okay. that'll be forthcoming. <laughs> okay. I'm going to put, we'll link that planner because I know we're going to get a lot of questions on that. So uh, the other quality of, of estrogen as estrogen is building in those first 10 days that I think it doesn't get talked about enough. The first, we've talked about how the first couple of days, it just takes some, some us a little bit of getting going, but estrogen is like an extrovert to me. <laughs> She is like, I, you know, if, if she was at the party, she'd be the one like socializing with everybody, like dancing on the table. Like that's the energy of estrogen. Mm -hmm. So when new ideas come in around day nine, day 10, pay close attention to those. And as women, estrogen also loves for us to verbally process. So if we could chat through them with a friend or, or talk them out loud, then we move into ovulation. And I, I have said for the, for the, through the whole pandemic, I was like, we just need to put all the ovulating women in one room and they're going to figure this shit out. Totally. So, so because we are so wickedly powerful at that time. So talk to a little bit about day 11 to 15, 
what can we create? I called it the manifestation phase. I loved that you call it the manifestation phase. So I call it visibility. Mm. It's really the time to bring your ideas, not all of them, but like the ones you're focusing right. on this cycle from idea phase, initiation phase into actually like visibility. So meaning maybe maybe the pitch meeting is actually happening. Maybe you're actually picking up the phone. Maybe you're actually going live on a webinar or on Instagram. Maybe your podcast goes live or maybe you're batching a ton of podcast episodes because you will be very articulate during that time and just really magnetic and have way more energy. You know, I know, for example, during that time, days 11 to 15, I can do way more Zoom than I can. Like on Mm -hmm. a day like today, I have two Zoom calls. The end, that's enough. But on, on an ovulation day, I can totally do five and, and also feel super psyched and energized to play with my kids and like also go out to dinner with a friend. Like plenty, there, more is more at that time. Um, I don't do less at that time. I do more. Yes. <laughs> and then I know that during the back half of my cycle, you know, starting for me, it's like around day 20. I'll be curious of your thoughts about that. But like on around day 20, certainly I just like kind of go into a cave and I can feel myself uh, ascending into the underground. And so that <laughs> the back end of my cycle is like, now I'm, now I am doing less certainly of the outward things. But anyway, that ovulation time is like 11 to 15 days, 11 to 15, make it visible, put it out into the world, you know, it's, it's, it's more masculine energy, right? That's when we have our testosterone. We have testosterone. Beautiful. Like that's the time to lean into your healthy masculine and take the action steps and make it visible and manifest. Like you said. Yeah. Oh my God. I I have chills right now because this is what I've been out there talking about. And I've been wanting to geek out with somebody about that because testosterone, I believe get it, it, it just like estrogen I feel like we have the wrong uh, interpretation of it. So you say in testosterone and everybody thinks libido. Sure, it has that piece, but testosterone is motivation and drive. So what I have been telling people is that a little, you know, I agree with everything you just said, but it's also the time that you've got the best verbal skills because you have estrogen, you have a little bit of progesterone, so you're a little bit calm. And you've got all this motivation and drive. So projects, like you said, are great. But I also think if there's something that like a conflict you really need to address in your life, that's the time you're hormonally the best to do it. And I've actually been teaching men this as well. And and I've, I've talked to several men and said, if you have a challenge with your wife, Find out when her ovulation, you know, her ovulation period is because she is going to have that hormonal superpower to be able to really constructively break down that conflict. Yeah. Don't come at her the week before her period. You are going to be shut out. <laughs> do not do that. But yeah, communication skills. If there's a difficult conversation you need to have or a crucial conversation you need to have, I love the idea of doing it around ovulation because we don't want to do it when our negativity filter is high. We we just really don't. It's not, I mean, whatever, because sometimes you have to, but yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So, but then I don't know how old your kids are, but um, five and seven, five and seven, a boy, girl, two girls. To go, oh, perfect. Okay. So so you're going to have to report back to me in about mm, five, six years. Mm-hmm. But what I've been really expressing to parents even is once your daughter goes, starts her period, it's a really interesting time because often parents get feel like they are shut out. And what I'm encouraging parents of teenagers to do is know your teenage daughter's menstrual cycle and love on her. Like I, ta- I taught a guy the other day. I'm like, if you just put your hand on your daughter's shoulder the week before her period and just say, I'm here. Perfect. Then walk away. Don't tell her she didn't do her homework. Don't tell her, you know, come at her strong because she left something at the bottom of the stairs. Save that for ovulation. And then when in during ovulation, now you're going to end up with a human that's much more receptive to being able to deal with the conflict that she might need to 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 know to be able to walk through with you. 100%. What do you think of that? I love this so much and it's something I really look forward to with my girls because 
knowing someone's menstrual cycle is like having a user's manual. Yeah. Like, and really having a guidebook to how to relate to them in the best way where you're going to get the best results. And I'm, I'm so excited to pass this along to my girls and, you know, to be able to hopefully have like as beautiful as possible of a teen experience with them. And also to teach them this, because I will say like my mom sort of tried to teach me, but I really wasn't available for it for whatever reason. Um, and so I learned in my early thirties, which was also wonderful. I just taught myself. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, right. Well, yeah, you know, it's done like a like the perfect teenager, you know, like anything your mom's into, you're going to you're going to resist. My, oh, thank you. Yeah. My my daughter's 23 and has has done the same thing, and yet I will tell you there are like really proud mama moments like um like the other day she was having a stressful moment and she said to me, "Um I just need to go get some oxytocin and I'll be right back." And I was like, Yes, she got it. She got it that that was the master hormone that could start to change all other hormones. So I do believe like conversations like we're having right now are massively important on so many different different levels so people can understand us. But I also want to say to the women listening, this is the language in which we can talk to those around us. So do you, do you do that when you're like talking to your husband? Do you, do you, what about your, your, your team? Do you, I mean, just like we started this off, you're like, I'm on day two. Here I am. Oh yeah. I mean, I have, you know, I mean, people will say like, oh, maybe this is TMI. And I'm like, no, Uh, (laughs) definitely not. Um, yeah. The day I start my period, I let my husband know. I also, um, let him know a few days leading up just so you know, I'm in my prickly time. And, um, he's like, okay, great. Good to know. And then, yeah, then I let him know. And even my girls, like they were like, mama, let's run to school. And I was like, not today. Mama's on day two of her period. I am not running, but thank you for asking. They were like, Mimi ran with us. And I'm like, well, Mimi is 65 and killing it. dialed in. <laughs> you can run with Mimi. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I love using it as it's really our, our user's manual for our own bodies, our user's manual for our relationships, letting people in on how to, how they can meet our needs. I mean, that's such a challenge for women historically is even accepting that we have needs, not to mention asking for them to be met. And this gives us such a beautiful way to do that. And also to know that, you know, on uh, days, you know, let's just say days like four to 15 or whatever you, you decide for yourself, but like, those are the days you're also going to be really available to be of service to others. So Mm -hmm. to know that too, that like, I'm going to have so much more bandwidth to be like, fold all the towels, make all the meals, do all the play dates, do the crafts, you know, all of those things on the, and so I'm going to lean heavy on that while I know I'm hormonally primed to do that. So that when I'm not, I'm not having this whole story about guilt that I'm doing a terrible job being a mom or a wife or a, or a business owner or whatever. Like we can organize it so that all the stuff that needs to happen gets done and it gets done at the right phase when we're primed for it. So it takes a lot less energy. And then when we don't have the energy for it, we've already done it and we can lean into, um, for example, during the luteal phase, we're actually incredibly detail oriented. So I am not a naturally detail oriented person. So I keep a list of tasks like call Citibank about like, like all the little doodads that I just really don't want to do most of the time. I do them during that time when I just want to shut the door, you know, days 20 through 28 or whatever it is for, for, for me. But those tasks that I'm just like, I really need to have that prime for details. The other thing I'll do during that time, which is particular to me, but I think people listening will have something that's like this for them. I actually do my best writing during my luteal phase because I don't care as much what other people think. That negativity filter actually serves me at that time. I'm much more inwardly oriented. So my filter is less. And so therefore I'm not doing so much self-editing and my writing is more spicy and it's just more powerful. So that's an example of, you know, when we track this for ourselves, we get to know, oh, if I have a lot of writing to do, get it done during that time because I'll be faster because I'm not self-editing. 
Oh my gosh. I, I, this is where I wish I had a cycle. I'm six months uh, into my menopausal journey and I'm like, oh, the more I learn, the more I wish I could go back to my younger self. Right? I, just turned, I just turned 40 and I'm thinking like, all right, I don't know. How, you know, of course we don't know how many more years we have, um, but I, I want to lean on it hard because it is fun. It's yeah. fun. It's fascinating. Fun. And you know, yeah. Yeah. Okay, resetters. So I am back with one of my favorite sleep hacks. So listen to this. If you want a shortcut, and I mean a shortcut, to better sleep, more energy, and a calmer, more stable mood, you should make sure you're supplementing with magnesium daily. And let me tell you why. About 75% of people are magnesium deficient. That's a huge amount of our population. And this deficiency can lead to higher levels of anxiety, irritability, trouble sleeping, and low energy. It can even contribute to random feelings like foot and leg cramps that happen while you sleep. So the good news is that you can experience a number of positive health benefits just from getting enough magnesium. But here's the catch. You have to get the right kinds of magnesium. That's why I recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by BioOptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress relief and better sleep, and this is all in one bottle. So in order to get some, all you got to do is visit magbreakthrough.com forward slash Mindy Pels. And you will find everything you want to know about this miraculous product. And in addition, to get your discount, just use the promo code MINDY, M-I-N-D-Y. And there are some um, other amazing promos and gifts that you'll get along with your purchase. So I cannot tell you how excited I am to share this product with you. And I hope that it brings you as much joy and a good night's sleep as it has for me. Enjoy. So from a workflow standpoint, that starting about day 19, day 20, um, what do you do? So you know you're supposed to go inner. You know you have this negativity negativity bias. How do you set up your workday? Do you less meetings? You said less Zoom calls. For sure, less meetings. Like So I'll go heavier on meetings from days like four through, like I said, maybe 16, 17, 18, okay. that I know I'm going to have capacity for that. Um, but once day, yeah, 17, 18, certainly 20 hits, um, I'm finding people very irritating. (laughs) So, and by the way, like what I'm discussing right now is not PMS. So just to be clear, like PMS is premenstrual syndrome. It is like a set of symptoms that are not an indication of a healthy cycle. Yes. And so- I am talking about very low grade, subtle shifts in my energy. Saying that you're PMSing because you're in your luteal phase is inaccurate. If you have premenstrual symptoms, that's a whole other conversation. I actually don't. I just feel a little annoyed, which is normal and healthy. And I actually think very helpful because of the cyclical nature and understanding like, oh, what bugs me during this time is what I may want to tend to next cycle. But just to be clear, I'm not talking about like symptoms that I need to do something about. So I think you bring up a really important point because there's like a new term that's getting thrown around right now called PMDD. And I always say to myself, "What you know what? When I was 25, we didn't have the term PMDD. So it, just because we have a new term for it doesn't mean that every woman has to experience that. What I actually think is going on for women right now is that we are not doing what this, what you and I are talking about. So we are working out of accordance with our hormones. And when you eat out of accordance with your hormones, you work out of accordance, you you work out diff- against those hormonal profiles, you're going to have PMS and PMDD. But if you don't want that, you want to master what we're talking about. For sure. And like PMDD and PMS are symptoms of hormonal imbalance. And obviously, if people fast like a girl, they can work on that. (laughs) Um, Exactly. 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 So that's where you would want to lean in. But 
Um, so during this time, I know that I'm just going to, you know, life is going to be pokey. So I try to spend more time by myself. Um, I'm not going to go do a bunch of social things at night. I often will just want to like pull up the comforter up to my chin and read a book alone and take a bath. And I just really lean into that. Like there's, I don't judge myself about it. I'm like, this is my inward time. I'm a really social person. I'm an extrovert. So I lean pretty hard on luteal and those times I want to be by myself because it is pretty short. Mm. Um, And there's nothing wrong with it. Like it's beautiful. I love spending time by myself and I get great information when I am willing to have that quieter time. It's also a great time to get projects over the finish line. Mm -hmm. So it is sort of the tail end of our cycle. So of course, hormonally, we would be primed to finish things. Mm -hmm. So it's the time that I want to tend, like I'll notice I want to, I want to declutter my house. I want to like get my email inbox cleaned out. I want to get all the things on my to-do list checked off. And that is organized because during the time we're bleeding is really the best time to do as little as possible. So it's very similar to the nuts gathering. I mean, the squirrels gathering nuts before winter. Winter time is the same as the menstrual cycle. Like menstrual is winter. And so you want to be that little squirrel gathering the nuts, clearing the decks, you know, sweeping the front front porch, all of those things so that you can go in and have a good rest. Amazing. And so as much as you can do that, as much during luteal as I can to clear the decks, that's what I think about. Close the door, clear the decks. And then it gives me the space to go into my bleed and just like have a minute. Oh my God. I just, it's perfection what you're saying. I hope everybody takes this information and just runs with it. Um, I say progesterone's an introvert. So if, es- if estrogen's the extrovert, progesterone's, progesterone is the introvert. And what's beautiful about being a woman is we can be both extroverted and introverted. So I'm like you. I'm an, I am naturally an extrovert. But if I don't get some introverted time, then I become a really cranky extrovert. <laughs> and totally. as, I, as I've moved through menopause, I, it's, been, I, it's been really interesting to try to get to know myself mm-hmm. through other lenses. And I keep saying to myself, I got to just understand the personalities of these hormones. So one of the things I do is that if I wake up and all of a sudden I'm famished that day and I want to eat a bunch of carbs, I go, oh, progesterone's here. Okay, she needs me to tend to her. So let me do all the qualities that I know that's going to soothe progesterone so she can really do the the little bit of progesterone that I'm getting. How do I help support her on this day? Whereas on the days that I have, like, I want to chat with everybody, I could fast all day, I want to work out a bunch. I'm like, oh, okay, this is estrogen. So this, I can do all the principles that I know that's going to love on estrogen. And so I think that's how, as we go through perimenopause and menopause, we just need to get to know the personalities and look at these hormones like they're our friends. Yes. I love this so much. I'm so excited that I have your resources for when I make that transition. Right. We'll bring it back. So one one question I have for you is then, do you change your workouts during your monthly? Yes. So it's so interesting. So I've just read um, fast like a girl and also women, food and hormones, um, by Sarah Gottfried and also young forever. So like I'm on this thing right now. Yeah. You got got all the best books. Like really going for it. I'm, I'm, my husband calls it project 120. It's like my, my, uh, you know, I'm going to live until I'm 120. Uh, Um, so I've been shifting a little bit and just actually last night doing a little bit more research about this. Typically on days one and two of my cycle, I don't exercise. If anything, I'll go for a walk, but honestly, I'm just like tired Yeah, and I'm just like, you know what? It's okay. Um, and then permission, I just give myself permission to just kind of not do anything by day three. Again, like I'm usually kind of ready to go back to the gym, but I'm not going to go the heaviest, hardest. Um, first of all, I mean, maybe this is too much information for people, but like if I'm lifting a lot of weights, like I'm actually, it's going to like make me bleed a whole bunch in that mm-hmm. moment. And then I'm going to have a situation at the gym. So <laughs> yeah, and that's no good. <laughs> so like, 
I will, you know, I'll moderate. Um, I'm probably not going to do like HIIT workouts or Tabata while I'm bleeding. Yep. Um, just for me, like, again, um, I also know from my yoga teacher training, like inversions would be not optimal. Right. Things like that. Um, but then, yeah, I mean, I'm going like right out of the gate when in follicular like days, you know, six on. And then uh, coming into luteal, I might switch it more into more walking yoga, Pilates. Um, but I really do a lot of strength training and the HIIT workouts, you know, kind of like days five to 20. Yes. And exactly. then the other ones slow it down or maybe do nothing for a few days. Exactly. So, um, this I've also been talking about, and I'm actually pairing up, do you know, Tony Horton P90X? Yeah. Okay, so I I was I did P when in my when I was in my early forties I did P ninety X. Yeah, I know totally P ninety X. I did it every day for three years, which That's is like I know, but That's I really it, it wasn't really the what we're talking about was against get, went against that grain. Um, so Tony and I are actually filming a set of workouts that will allow women to be able to time their workouts to their menstrual Love cycle. It. So we're going to be bringing that to the world in October. But what I've told him was, why don't we use testosterone to our weightlifting advantage? Mm -hmm. So day 10, 10, 11 to 15, you have the most amount of testosterone. So why don't we go stronger with our weights? Now, what's interesting is we also have to be aware that estrogen is at her peak and estrogen makes ligaments really tight and makes and makes tendons really loose. So you're pretty prone to injury during that time. So if you're going to lift heavy, you want to do slow, heavy reps. And now you're matching all the hormones that are coming in. Right. Again, why do women have a weekly workout plan? Why don't we have a monthly workout plan? It really should be. I mean, really everything should be monthly. If you're, yeah. if you are some, and, and I, and I really love, I have to say, I really loved in fast, like a girl, how you were like, if you don't have a menstrual cycle right now, just start on day one. Like I just, I don't think that we probably, and you tell me from a hormonal perspective, but I don't think we stop being cyclical. No. It just, the nature of our cyclicality switches and maybe it's a little more subtle. That, what do you it's think? more subtle, and and I, that's also why I'm like the backup is to get to know your, the personality. So you know, we've got a lot of women. One of the things I that really shocked me with Fast Like a Girl is how many 30 year olds have reached out and are like, "I don't have a period. I'm newly married. I want to get I got want to get yeah. pregnant. I've been on birth control since I was 13, and their hormones are all off." So the new group that I'm really teaching how to get in touch with their with the, who they are are the 30 year olds. So cool. So we but we've got to know the personalities, and then we've got the other thing is we have to give ourselves permission. So I love how you explained the week before your period because in all honesty, what do we do as women? We bitch and moan because I just want to sit on the couch. I don't feel like working out. I want to eat a, a a tub of ice cream and a box of pizza. And if you put some chocolate there, I'm happy. Yeah, because that's yeah. that's what progesterone is asking you to do. Now, not the ice cream and the pizza. We can do it, uh, it, it in a healthier <laughs> way. But what I want everybody to hear and in your story that's so brilliant is you're giving yourself permission to slow down. And that is not a weakness. That is actually a strength that we need to lean into. A hundred percent. And it supports. So here's what I love about the metaphor of fertility. When we are leaning in and eating those hormone feasting foods and nurturing ourselves and slowing down during the time when that's what we feel like doing, it only supports our fertility. Now, you and I are not trying to get pregnant, right? No. But if Definitely you, not. yeah, for sure. <laughs> Let's just be really clear. Well, I can't. For but sure complete with that. Go down that road again. <laughs> however, however, metaphorically speaking, energetically speaking, mm. I, we're totally trying to get pregnant. Like we're making new stuff all the time. And so, if we think about this whole idea of productivity, the toxic form of productivity is. I'm doing shit all the time and I'm on all the time. And like, I mean, you know, and then the, the healthy form of productivity is 
the metaphor of pregnancy, which is like we are fertile to the degree that we are caring for ourselves and we can create incredibly healthy babies when, and we can be available for that when we are slowing down, we are supporting our progesterone, we are having hormone feasting foods, we are nurturing ourselves. That's the only way we can be ultimately productive in a healthy way. And so for anybody who's thinking like, I can't slow down, I have too much stuff to do, or if I slow down, you know, my life is going to fall apart. I would really invite you to look at the pregnancy metaphor for the ultimate productivity, which like I, I personally definitely creating two humans is like the wildest thing I've ever done. You know, (laughs) I think it will be forever. Um, And so that's always my model of like, what did it take to do that? Okay. I'm going to use that same wisdom for whether it's I'm writing a book, whether it's that I'm, you know, planning a five-year-old birthday party like I'm yeah. doing right now. <laughs> oh my gosh. Just don't do it the week before your I hope you I hope you time the well, I guess it's the it's a birthday. You can't time it. Birthday, it is what it is. But you know what? So it's interesting. I was uh I was planning it in sort of like the time that would not be optimal. Um, so I called in a lot of extra help. Excellent. Because I was just like, this is not the time for me to be, this is not a good solo act time. So, um, yeah, so just have, you know, mother-in-law helping out and a former nanny and some help. Amazing. I think that, so that's the beautiful piece that I want everybody to hear is that if the timing is not right, then at, I love that, bring support in. Or maybe if you're like, I have this huge work event and it is timed completely wrong, then what else can you let go of during that time? So what that- can you let go of? And also, how can you add in support for yourself? Yeah. So it's not so much, yeah, like what can you let go of? Is there anything that can be canceled? Is there anything that can be moved out? And then also like, okay, maybe you're just going to go to bed earlier. Maybe you're going to not watch a show and instead take a bath. Yeah. Maybe you're going to walk slower from school pickup mm-hmm. to your home. Mm-hmm. You know, like it can be little. Yeah. I love that. You know, that when we went to look at the fasting cycle, I was looking at the different names of each of each of the phases. And I was going to originally call the week before uh, our periods, the chill out phase. And then I was like, no, there's a deeper essence that I want women to know, which is where I came up with nurture. It was like, and, and really it's about nurturing ourselves. Although for the men listening, and I hope men listen to this, this is a great time to nurture us. You know, if you want to connect to us and, and really, you know, let us feel your support, nurture us during that time. That's, that's been my mantra, but, but leave us alone, but nurture us. (laughs) Totally. Can you nurture me without touching me? That would be great. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Oh my God. That is so true. and so confusing for men. Yeah, but that's exactly right. And like, you just, just keep asking me if I, you know, if I need anything, like I'll let you know, but if you just keep a little distance, that's good too. You want to throw a hug in every once in a while for some oxytocin. I'm all good, but don't expect a lot from me during that time. Don't expect a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's really key. Okay. Now here's another like elevation of, of what we're talking about that I'm trying to think about how culturally we can do this. So um, we live in a patriarchal world. And I, one of the things I've been saying about our healthcare system is it's so patriarchal and we need to bring the matriarch back into it. We got to bring the feminine back into it, which is what we're talking about here. And so what the work world is also that. And, you know, a lot of women are like, you know, the Rosie, the Riveter, like, you know, I am woman, hear me roar. And I, I got to tell you, I have a picture of Rosie the Riveter in my house. And during my 40s, there were many times I looked at her and I was like, I don't think you had it right, Rosie. I think you only had part of the of the equation. The other part is how do we em- let others know around us? Like, thank you for that work task. Thank you for bringing me that problem. I'll answer you in five days. Is it? Do we have a world where we can show it as our as our strength, not a weakness, to be able to stand up? We don't have to be like, oh my God, I'm on day 21. Get away oh. from me. You don't say that to your boss or your coworker, but you could say, that's really interesting. And I'm going to sit on it and I will let you know in a few days. They don't have to know that you're waiting for estrogen to start to come in. 
No, they don't. I mean, different work cultures are going to be different. I certainly know, uh, you know, primarily female companies where actually the day and phase of your cycle is totally common to talk about. Wonderful, but that's not going to be the norm. Right. <laughs> right. And right. so, yeah, I think that in general, all of us, man, woman, no matter your gender identity, no matter your age, would really benefit from shifting our culture so that things that are non-emergent remain non-emergent, mm. where it is completely normal and acceptable to take 48 hours to respond to somebody, where somebody right. else's emergency does not become our, our yes. emergency, and where we really ask ourselves, like, is this, does this require a response right now? And 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 what is the real timeline? And so we need to look at how are we creating all kinds of false urgency, and that is because... We live in a culture which has addicted us to immediate mm-hmm. feedback. And you mm-hmm. talked about the dopamine in your books, you know, that we have this tendency to just want it fast. Yeah. And we need to perhaps do a dopamine reset fast <laughs> and Perfect. really yeah. like look at where am I creating emergencies as a way of, um, as essentially a stimulant in my life. Mm-hmm. And how could I create mm-hmm. aliveness in other ways so that I'm not using emergencies and pressure and stress as a way to make me feel alive? Oh, so well said. That, so, yeah. That is, that is, that's, I feel like the plight of the modern woman is that we are living in an evolutionary mismatch where the modern world has us addicted to all forms of dopamine and has us addicted to all forms of crises. And we are not hormonally matched to that. Totally. And unfortunately, the more we ascribe to it, the more our hormones get out of whack, right? And we have all these other problems downstream. And so... I really like to have company agreements. So something now I run a small business, but we have enough people and enough, you know, players to have agreements about what are our expectations around communication? How fast? What is urgent? What is non-urgent? What's the boundaries so that we all really can work in a way that is very healthy. So no matter what, if you work in a department, like maybe you could lead up setting departmental communication agreements that are in support of the health of the company. Because whatever is healthy for the workers is every single time healthy for the company. We've just been brainwashed to think that what's good for our bodies is bad for the bottom line. But one of my mottos is body first, business second. Because when you put the body first, productivity increases, absenteeism decreases, turnover decreases and joy increases and profit increases. The data is unequivocal. It's just the way it works. Amazing. So I was just talking about this this morning with one of my team members. I was like, we have to think about how it was like another elevation of thought for me of how am I taking care of my cycling women that are on my team? What kind of support can we give them to be able to to understand this conversation? In fact, I'm going to have them all listen to it. Um, but then what kind of um, like space are we giving them like the week before their period? And how are we using their brains when they're ovulating? This is where you could start to really take our superpowers and turn them into profit and into business ideas. Now, I think you're going to have the patriarch listening a little more closely if they understand exactly what you just said, that body first, business second, and with that will come your profits that you're so deeply wanting. Totally. Incredible. Ah, Okay. Well, I could talk to you forever. Um, I do, I have one last question I ask everybody, but one before I go there, we're going to bring you back to talk finances, but do we have spending habits? Do they differ with our menstrual cycle? Oh, yes. I mean, we can get very spendy in the ovulation phase because there's that like that it's very like, well, and really with the whole estrogen, it's like, you know, lipstick and handbags. Like, I mean, oh, yeah. that's, you know, that's like a total stereotypical thing, but what it might be running shoes for you. It might be yoga tights. I mean, we can get like, because it's like all zhuzhi, like, you know, it feels fun and sexy. Um, which is not a problem, right? It's not necessarily a problem, but it's just to know these things about ourselves that 
Um, one of the things I teach in my program, Relax Money, is actually a whole segment on aligning your financial management with your menstrual cycle because Amazing. <laughs> it's very specific, oh but it's God. really cool because you. if you can lean into your hormonal experience, then you can get a lot more bang for your buck out of your budgeting, out of your bookkeeping, out of your spending plan, out of your investing. And like you said at the beginning of this conversation, why would we not align every single area with our cyclical nature? So why not our finances? Right. Um, and I love thinking about, I, I love thinking about that. Um, you know, like during your luteal phase is a really wonderful time to analyze your spending and say, what am I spending that's in alignment with my values and my goals? And what am I spending that's not? Because it's just going to be really obvious because your brain is more analytical and detail oriented at that time. So, I mean, that's just one example. Right. And maybe you go see your financial advisor during ovulation, yes. not, not the week before your period. Probably not. Especially if you don't want him or her to, you know, tell you something you don't want to hear. That might not work for, well for you. Yes. Amazing. Amazing. Okay. Well, we could, we could go all day and I just, uh, this is like, a glass of water uh, on a very thirsty day for me. This was incredible. So thank you for that. And I, I always end my uh, all my uh, podcasts with a question, and I always have a theme uh, uh, each year. So this theme this year is self love, and uh, and it's also I'm really trying to especially women to to get women to brag about their superpower. So tell me what your daily self-love practice looks like. I think we just heard a monthly one. And yeah. what is your superpower that you bring to the world? Okay, great. So my daily self-love practice is um, I take an extraordinarily long time to get my day going, which is a new thing for me. Like I don't, I don't book anything before 10 a.m. And I luxuriate and I work out and I do my red light therapy and I do, I'll do detox things and I lie on my biomat and I just like move at the speed I feel like moving. And mm. that is so revolutionary because I spent the first 40 years of my life rushing. Yeah. Um, so that's my daily self-love is a slow morning, nine times out of 10. And uh, my superpower is making seemingly complicated or unrelated things related and digestible and practical and doable. I would absolutely agree because we just witnessed that. So amazing. How do people find you? What's what I know you have some courses and new stuff coming up, but I just hope everybody listening goes and, and dips into your information because it's revolutionary. Thank you. The best place to find me is over on Instagram at Kate Northrup. That's the place I hang out the most. Um, all, all my stuff is, is there. Um, my website is katenorthrup.com. So those would be the two spots. Amazing. Amazing. Well, Kate, this again, this may have been the highlight of my year just to have this conversation with somebody who's putting it into action that's thought about it. So, you know, I just so appreciate you and keep up, keep all the great work up. So Thank you for coming on. And I can't wait to do it again. We're going to do it again. So I would love that. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for joining me in today's episode. I love bringing thoughtful discussions about all things health to you. If you enjoyed it, we'd love to know about it. So please leave us a review, share it with your friends, and let me know what your biggest takeaway is.